Welcome to Rooting For You, a seasonal gardening podcast for non-experts. I'm Tess and I know nothing. And I'm Elise and I know some things. Each week we'll chat about one gardening topic and then discuss the effort reward payoff by asking, is the juice worth the squeeze? Just a heads up, there might be a bit of swearing in this episode. You've been warned. I know kale is a favourite crop of Elise's, and when we spoke to Cheeky Gardener way back in October last year, he was talking about how much he loves growing kale as well. Now for me personally, kale's probably near the bottom of my leafy green list for eating. Chucking some frozen kale in a smoothie is about as good as it gets, but maybe you Elise can convince me otherwise. So tell me, is there anything more I can be doing with kale than just chucking some frozen kale in a smoothie? (laughs) I definitely think we could be doing better than that. (laughs) One of my favorite uses for kale is in a pasta sauce. So like chopping it up really finely and almost making like a pesto pasta with kale. I think that's a really nice way to use it. And I love using it in fritters. I'm Ah. all about fritters. I don't know why I'm obsessed (laughs) with them, but I just love them. So with with kale, because it's like kind of really holds its own and doesn't get mushy even when it's wet, I find like it makes a really nice texture for a fritter, really thinly sliced with some zucchini as well, literally any other vegetables in there. Yeah, but you're always cooking it, yeah? Oh, yeah, I don't like it raw. Yeah, okay. If you are going to eat it raw, which you can do, is you need to massage it first. Oh, doesn't that sound hilarious? What you got to do is you got to cut it up, put some salt and lemon juice with it and like literally massage it and it just breaks down that cell wall Ah. that otherwise cooking would do. And then you can eat it raw, which I used to do, but now I don't bother. Oh, kale chips. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. How good are kale chips? Okay. (laughs) Like... Roasted kale. Anytime I'm roasting vegetables, I roast a lot of potato, pumpkin, that kind of thing, onions. I will often, in the last few minutes, chuck in some kale that's just got some oil and salt on it. Yeah, right. And it, really it just takes a couple of minutes. So obviously you're not having it in there. For no, the whole, not, like, definitely not. Yeah, I just throw it on top of the other veggies, like once they're cooked. I think it's a leafy green, right, which is not the most exciting vegetable. But I think because it has that like thicker texture, you can kind of use it in a lot of ways that other leafy greens would kind of disappear here for one of the yeah 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 it's it's a little bit more substantial yeah exactly it's not like you can uh it's not like you can make spinach chips you know you just not yeah true true so it is funny because i do love growing it and i do see it as like a really exciting crop to grow but at the base of it it is just another leafy green but it's kind of like a fancier spinach but i just like it so much more i Mm. think because it's got that that more substantialness to it and i mean look kale there couldn't be a more popular vegetable in current times it's having a moment it's been having a moment for about 10 years (laughs) and you know you look at all the health benefits of it it really is there so to be able to grow something that's so healthy quite easily and it's you know not the cheapest to buy as well so i think that makes it more appealing for the home gardener So compared to like other leafy greens that I do love of just the mixed lettuces, rockets, spinach, where does it fit in terms of easiness to grow? Mm. I think it's harder than your silver beet or your rocket or your lettuces. It's a little bit fussier than those but it's definitely the easiest of the brassicas so if we compare it to something like broccoli or brussels sprouts or cabbage or cauliflower it's much easier so i'm gonna say it's like it's early level intermediate is kale a brassica yes oh there you go 
so and that's important for people to remember when we think about our crop rotation. Yeah, of course. So you don't want to plant your kale anywhere you've planted Brussels sprouts, broccoli, cabbage, cauliflower, or rocket or something. Anyway, those are the main ones. So yes, it's actually in that family. Okay, okay. So we're growing it. Are we not? Sure. I it? mean, no, I'm not convinced. <laughs> but let's have you look. ever grown it? I don't even know. No, nah, never tried. Oh, okay. Well, we'll see when we get to the end of the episode. <laughs> Okay, so we're not planting it where we've planted another brassica before. Yeah. What else can you tell us about where we're planting it? Well, maybe first let's talk about when we're planting it because I think this is a little bit specific with the old kale. Okay. And we also haven't spoken about seed or seed. I'm going right out of order. Well, I started that by talking about the crop (laughs) rotation. So we have got out of order. So first, the thing with kale is you can grow it all year round, right? It's Mm -hmm. not like a tomato or a zucchini where the certain weather is going to kill it. You can theoretically grow it all year round. I would not recommend growing it all year round. But it's not a stay in the ground all year round forever no. plant. It's still perennial, annual. I get them so mixed up. <laughs> it's an annual. It's an annual. Well, actually, if we're being technical. Let's be technical. Let's. It's a biannual. Like oh, this parsley. is like the parsley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which means that you should be able to keep it in the ground for two years. Okay. So that in itself makes it very appealing because there yes. aren't too many vegetables that you get two years out of. Yep. And that just saves you the work of... Starting again. Starting again. If I'm being brutally honest, I don't think I've ever had one actually stay in the ground for two years. They've always gone to seed earlier. Right. I don't know if that's something I'm doing or my climate. I can definitely get maybe a year out of it, but that's that tends to be it. Okay, so you can plant it all year round. Do you have a okay. preference? I mean, we're doing this episode in kind of midsummer. Yeah. So you can plant it all year round. I highly recommend you don't. I think... <laughs> So in my opinion, it really should be grown. If you're in a colder place, like you and I are, Tess, mid to late summer is when you should plant it. If you're in a warmer place, you can get away with early autumn. Okay. So in so for us in southern Australia, that looks like Jan or latest Feb we're planting it. Yeah. Now, this is a bit earlier than the rest of our autumn winter crops. So you know how I usually talk about the garden being in like the two kind of stages, like the stuff you plant in spring for a summer harvest Mm -hmm. and then the stuff you plant in autumn for a winter harvest. With kale, we're looking at this as a winter harvest or a late autumn harvest also. But I think it needs to get in the ground a lot earlier than all the other stuff you plant for Mm -hmm. winter so kind of like recently when we talked about brussels sprouts and i was really stressing the timing on those i don't think kale fits into that same category but if you do wait especially where we are to kind of autumn to plant it it never gets legs it just stays as this little plant over winter Mm. you've got no kale to harvest and then i find come spring it just bolts and the whole thing's a disaster so i think i think that's actually the mistake that people beginner gardeners most commonly make is just lumping it in with all those other crops we're going to plant in autumn no with the kale we're going to plant it in summer okay so the reason i don't recommend people plant it all year round even though you can is we've got the cabbage moth cabbage cabbage butterfly situation which is a disaster it tends to not like the warmer weather and it can impact on the flavor as well believe it or Ah, not yeah the flavor of kale and the texture is better when it's grown in the colder weather and in fact if you get frosts 
like with the Brussels sprouts, it actually improves the flavour. Well, there you go. There I you think go. you said last, when we were talking about the Brussels sprouts, that that was the only one you could think of, but kale as well. Here we go. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. I mean, they are very closely related. And when you grow them, they even look semi-similar, aside from the Brussels sprouts <laughs> aspect, <laughs> <laughs> the leaf aspect. But the other thing is, by growing it through the colder months, I find you can prolong the bolting, which means you just get more. Yeah. That's when for anyone who doesn't know what that term means that's when the plant says i'm gonna make babies and puts flowers on puts seeds on and does that at the expense of leaves and with kale obviously we're in the leaf game Mm -hmm. so we don't want it to make flowers can you grow outside of that time or is it a really like and just put up with the cabbage moths and butterflies and deal with those or is it just really not worth it i think if you had a massive garden and you really love your kale you might kind of push shit uphill with it i have some in the garden now that i planted a few months ago which is a very odd move like it can be done Mm. but i just think you're setting yourself up for disappointment yeah sure for so many reasons that i wouldn't bother unless you were like hellbent yeah 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 on the the kale harvest okay so what are we growing from a seed or a seedling i'm actually very happy with either and i myself grow kale from both okay i when i do grow from seed though i often container grow it Mm -hmm. but you can direct sow it absolutely like what we were saying with the brussels sprouts is one of my temptations for seedlings or container growing from seeds is this time of year there's so much going on in the garden that you're going to actually struggle to find room for your kale Mm. in summer come autumn again a lot of the crops are coming out but this midsummer like january where we are now we're not we just don't have space for them so by container growing them that gives us an extra month or so Mm -hmm. that we can keep those plants growing but not have them in the garden i also find it's quite nice for the spacing of kale to just plant them out from seedlings this is like my kind of OCD brain (laughs) (laughs) but they do grow really well from seeds do you get the same kind of varieties in seed and seedlings yeah well good question this is one of the very few crops that I would say nurseries do have a really good variety of seedlings okay which is rare so look if you want to grow the seedlings be my guest there's I mean there's so many different types of cow but there's probably like 10 or 12 that are like quite popular with home gardeners And they've all got different attributes. Probably not all 12 of them will be in the nursery, but I'd say four of them might be. Do you have any particular favourites in the varieties? So my favourite is the Black Toscana, Mm -hmm. which is also called Calvo Nero, I think is the Italian word. And that's the kind of skinny, really dark kale that you would commonly buy i would say that would be what people think of when they think of kale yep i really like that and i think when that's homegrown it's bloody delicious and it definitely makes the best cow chips so i'm all for that one but i find it the hardest one to grow (laughs) okay so what are some easier options some easier options i find the easiest one to grow is one called red russian Mm -hmm. and this has like a bluey green red leaf like it looks quite different to the other kale and it's quite a big leaf so you get a lot of bang for your buck. Like with the with the black kale, you've kind of got these like long skinny things. So you're not getting as big of a harvest almost. Mm-hmm. With the red Russian, they've got these massive leaves. They're really beautiful. And yeah, you get a really good harvest, but it doesn't have that. I find when I try and make kale chips, you don't get like that crunchy, you don't get that crunchiness to it. But then if you're putting it in a pasta or something or a fritter, you don't really need True. like whatevs, you know. The key with that one, and I don't, this is only my personal opinion i have no idea if this is right but i find because it's got this purplish color to it the cabbage moss kind of leave it alone oh interesting and i think 
that's because they're green. So they don't camouflage as well on the red Russian leaves. Okay. So they're a bit like, you're not ideal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they stay away. And I find even slugs and snails are less interested. I don't know. I just find the red Russian really easy. So beginner kale would go that. The last one I've got that may be of interest to people, I don't really grow this one because I don't have a space issue. But if you're growing in pots or you've got a smaller garden, there are some dwarf varieties of kale. Oh, yeah. One of them is called dwarf curly, which is like quite a sweet, mild, bright green, crinkly leaf kale which i have i have grown and have eaten it's really nice i wouldn't like i wouldn't bother i'm not you know busting chops to save the space but if you are the dwarf curly would be my recommendation okay but they all look so pretty and different and what i will often do is grow i don't know like quite a few different types and then when you kind of have them all together in the garden or you harvest them all like they look quite yeah aesthetically pleasing so yeah seed or seedlings if you're growing from seedling like you're going out and buying the seedling you kind of got an extra maybe month on those dates i said earlier Mm -hmm. for where we are in the cold weather you could really put them in late feb start of march but that would be the latest and that would be from like an advanced seedling but if you're in the seed if you're interested in the seeds get online and just browse all the different types of yeah oh the other thing you should know about (laughs) kale is there's ornamental kale so you may have actually been gifted or bought kale flowers and not realized they're very beautiful what do they look like they look like almost a cabbage but they're often like pink or purple oh yes i can i can picture them yeah. i can picture them so yeah that's yeah, actually yeah. that's actually kale ah oh. very very beautiful do you grow any of those no <laughs> I all the flowers I grow are very very simple. I um, have never been interested in growing the kale flowers, but I just want to mention it to people because if you're buying seeds or seedlings, make sure you're not buying because you can't eat those. Well, I don't know if like you can't or like you wouldn't. Okay, well look into that if you're looking at. Those. Yeah, I mean you wouldn't like if you you just know. So yeah. <laughs> so pick your lane if it's edible or if it's flowers, <laughs> yeah. and just pick your kale accordingly. Okay, so we've got options yeah in terms of what we're growing from and we don't need to be limited by varieties which is delightful it is where are we putting them in the garden we're going full sun full sun okay unless you're up north and it's so friggin' hot then you might go partial shade but where we are full Full sun full sun sun. yep now you can go pot or you can go in the ground Again, okay. if you're going in the pot, you might want to go a dwarf variety. You know, you can grow a full-size variety in a pot, especially a grow bag like the big ones you've got. They'll do wonderfully. We're spacing them about 30 centimetres apart, so could get a couple in a pot. But obviously, not. like, different from dwarf to the – what was the red one? Red Russian. The red Russians. Yeah. Yeah, you're going to get more dwarfs in. Yeah. I think I would only be growing them in pots if you really had to, but it can be done, which okay. is nice to know. Now, this is a we're in the leaf business here, right? And leafy greens, I usually say, are the least fussy on feeding. I'm not that stressed about my soil with a leafy green. But kale, being in the brassica family, is a real heavy feeder. Mm. So it really wants a rich soil. In particular, it wants nitrogen because, again, we're in the leaf game, yep. leaf for nitrogen. So one of the best ways to really build up the nitrogen levels quickly uh, in the soil is chicken poo. Mm-hmm. So you can buy some ch- 
pelletized chicken manure if you don't have your own little machines like me (laughs) that would be a really good addition to the soil when you're planting a cow whether it be in a pot or in the ground okay nice now again we've mentioned the crop rotation situation quite important for the brassicas the other thing that i frankly don't give a lot of thought to but i'm going to tell you about it they're apparently not happy growing next to beans strawberries or tomatoes okay (laughs) i know so i don't know if i've like i generally don't i try and grow the same plant in the same bed all the time because it just makes it easier for me to remember from a crop rotation perspective so I probably wouldn't have ever grown kale and like a tomato in the same and all my strawberries are in pots so and beans yeah I wouldn't grow so I don't think I've ever done this so I don't know like how, how this goes down it is. how important yeah, yeah. it is but it is something people should know yeah look and maybe if you've grown kale before and you had a problem with it that could be yeah or if you got two equally good spots and one's yes. with tomatoes <laughs> and one's not just stick it in the other one yeah so, yeah, it, the spacing is going to depend on the variety. So, again, read that on the packet. Yep. But 30 centimetres is roughly what we're looking at. Okay. And do you know you know what kale looks like, right? Yeah, it kind of looks like – I've got palm tree in my mind. It's not yep. palm – because, but it's like a whole lot of palm trees on top of each other, like with sprouting off yeah. Yeah. leaves. Exactly. One main stem sprouting off leaves. Exactly, exactly. So, depending on the variety, like a small variety is only going to be – a palm tree about 30 centimetres or like 50 centimetres tall. Mm. But some of the big ones, and especially if you're doing a good job of it, like they can get over a metre tall. Really? You can get some seriously big cow Oof, palm trees. That is big. So I would actually say that as far as bang for buck, space in ground to crop harvested, yeah, yeah. it's a good ratio. Okay. The other thing about it that I like is the leaves will just sit on the kale plant until you want them. So this is not mm. a screaming I'm ready for harvest situation. This is a continual harvest, possibly for over two years, if you, or for two years if you yep. nail it. And the way you harvest, I'm jumping, but while we're on this palm tree situation, <laughs> is we harvest the leaves from the bottom up. Okay. So we're going to keep stripping the bottom of the palm tree. And then, and you just, you secateurs them or you rip them with your hands? Secateurs them. Okay. Actually, I usually use a knife, just okay. a sharp knife. So when we talked about staking zucchinis and tomatoes how we talked about constantly pruning the leaves off from the bottom Mm. to give it this like naked bottom that's actually kind of what you're doing with the kale yeah but you're not chucking them away that's your that's That's your yeah that's your harvest (laughs) yeah now never you can kind of keep going up from the base but keep make sure there's always a little tree on top yeah we don't want to strip the plant completely and there'll be like a center kind of heart of leaves we never take that off because that's our future kale leaves yeah yeah so we always leave that if you never ever ever chop from the top and can you so you can just leave the the leaves on and they the the flavor doesn't lessen or become more bitter or something over time it's still no it just stays stays divine that's cool yeah it is i'd say once it bolts goes to flower that kind of thing it does get a bit woodier like you Mm. can still eat it it's not like lettuce where it goes bitter and gross you can still eat it but it's not as good so i'm i happily leave them on there for months if while the plant's happy but then once it starts to bolt i will get quite quick on the old okay. chopping chopping harvesting situation so just we've got to we've jumped to harvesting we're we taking a step back yes once it's in the ground yeah. is there anything we need to worry about slug snail cabbage moth and butterfly well the first thing you're gonna have to worry about is the fact that it's the middle of summer and you're planting seeds or seedlings and the other thing about them is they have a bit of a weird root system where the roots kind of go out from the trunk rather than down so it's not like something like a beetroot right which has got this massive taproot is going to go down and find the moisture it kind of goes out and the problem with that is is that 
the first thing to dry out is the top. Is the top. So in summer, this you know is a bit more of a challenge for kale than something else. I don't ever find this an issue. Like I'm not saying like don't grow kale because you know these roots will make the watering system so difficult. But what I will say is you have to mulch them because mm. that's going to keep the moisture right up to the surface, and it's also going to keep those roots cool. Okay. So a bit of straw mulch is going to be wonderful Mm -hmm. for your kale so that's going to be your first situation is just at least when they're seeds you're not going to be mulching them then you're going to have to keep the water up and when they're little seedlings you've got to keep the water up soon as you can mulch them do and then all be fine once you're through that really hot summer like once autumn starts it's it's all fine right? mm-hmm. like they'll be cool but it is a little bit I mean, it needs a little bit of attention just because they're such young plants but in the middle of summer you're going to be out there making sure your cucumbers are getting watered and your tomatoes are getting watered because yep, yep, you want yep. all these crops so it's you know not not a huge ask on top of that the cabbage moth cabbage butterfly situation is a situation like <laughs> we discussed <laughs> with the brussels sprouts look the whole discussion that we had on that episode is going to apply here yeah yeah so we've done an episode on cabbage moths and butterflies we've also done an episode on mulching as well so if you need refreshes on any of those topics yeah so go back and hear that the only difference i will say with the cabbage moth butterfly situation with the brussels sprouts versus the kale is with the brussels sprouts i was very keen to let people know that if the bugs do damage to a point that then sets the plant back heaps mm. and it can't get legs again it's going to miss its brussels sprout window yeah, and the whole thing's stuffed yeah with kale we obviously don't want to set it back a month but it wouldn't it's not the end of the world mm. because being a leaf crop we just it's just so much easier so much flex, more flexibility so where i might have said your brussels sprout suffered so much da- so much damage just get it out and call it a day mm. with kale i would if the plant's gonna survive leave it in because mm-hmm. you will get kale maybe you won't get as much as what you would have otherwise but you'll still get usable kale yep and if all goes to shit you can just harvest it as baby kale micro kale yeah it's so funny sitting between because it's a brassica but it mm. acts like a leafy green yeah. In, yeah. in so many respects it's exactly kind of sits in the middle well you know the other fun thing you can do is which i have done before but this was years ago i don't usually bother now is kale's often sold as a microgreen and when it's a little leaf it's very soft and tender and you'd pay a lot of money for cow microgreens <laughs> if you went down to your fancy grocer. So what you can do is if you've got an empty bed, load up those kale seeds, plant a shitload. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're all going to come up. If you lose some, you don't care because you've got heaps in. Then you start harvesting some as the microgreens, little baby kale leaves. To be fancy. To be fancy. Put them on your dishes. Get all your nutrients from those because microgreens have the same nutrients as the bigger plants but in a concentrated form. Yeah, okay. So they're actually more nutritious for you. Then you keep thinning those plants out, thinning those plants out, and then a few of them you leave, they get big and they become your ongoing That's a great kale. idea. If you've got the space for it, because, again, you're not container growing or buying from seedling if you're taking this approach, but if you've got an empty bed with some nice soil in it, you buy a $3 pack of seeds – you're going to get a lot of bang for yeah. your buck. And then, you know, when you plant something out with 30 centimetre spacing, you've got all that dead soil around it. doesn't need 30 centimetres to begin with. No. It just needs 30 centimetres once it's fully grown. Exactly. So if we can, you know, use that other space for some, That's like, very small nice cows. Idea. Yeah, I like I, it. I, yeah, I have, I have done it and it works really well. I think because kale does grow quite well from seed. Yeah. That makes it easy as well. And again, warm weather. And slugs and snails? Oh, look, as much of an issue as they always are, but... Given it's the middle of summer and it's pretty yep. hot, they're not super interested. Okay, great. They would be if they could get out of their little hiding spot and not yeah. get fried by the sun. <laughs> so, no, I think they're fine. 
And then we mentioned before, if you are going to give it a feed, nitrogen for leafy greens. Exactly. So obviously when planting, I said the chicken poo is good, but any kind of like seaweed emulsion or worm tea or anything, they're always going to be quite high in nitrogen. So Mm -hmm. if you wanted to give it a boost, give them a water with that. If they've been attacked by anything, most likely a cabbage moth or butterfly, a feed of that can help them rejuvenate quite fast. Yeah, right. Okay. So that can be good. And look, definitely if you haven't planted them as early as you would have liked, give them a bit of a nitrogen feed just to get them moving. bump them up. Exactly. Because we, yeah, we just need them to be at a good size before it gets too cold. We've spoken before about like tomatoes appreciate a bit of fertilizer on their leaves. Yeah. Do leaves or soil for the kale? Leaves. Okay. If nice it's one. liquid. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. That'll if it's suck. liquid. <laughs> You're just like chucking just your pellets and ch- chucking chicken shit on the leaves. Yeah, I don't think that'll quite work. Anything liquid should always be applied to the leaves. Ah, radio. So look, if you can pull this off for two years, and plenty of people do, I see it all the time. You yeah. get like quite decent, chunky kale palm trees go for it as i said i've got i've got somewhere but i've never got the full yeah years. yeah okay but theoretically so i suppose think about that as well when you're planting them that if you nail it they'll be there for two years yes but full sun is important it's it's very similar to growing brussels sprouts but mm-hmm. easier so like i said in the brussels sprouts episode if they're too hard for you go the kale because that's easier if you've tried the kale and it's not working and you want a green, I think silver beet is the easier version yes. of kale. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. And we've got a whole episode on that. Yes. So the big question, is the juice worth the squeeze? This is where we look at the effort-reward ratio of today's topic. The categories are superstar, high effort, high reward. Completing this will make you feel like an absolute rock star. Best on ground, low effort, high reward. Quick wins and fill-ins, low effort, low reward. And finally, the wooden spoon, high effort, but not much reward. So now I've given you all the ins and outs. Are we thinking you are going to grow kale? And where's it sitting on the squeezy juice? Okay, so this whole episode, I have been building up to, yes, I'm keen to grow kale until about... 10 seconds ago when you said silver beet's an easier option. And I'm like, oh, yeah. And I also like silver beet more. (laughs) (laughs) If you like silver beet more, just grow silver silver beet. (laughs) Yeah, honestly. And silver beet, I I mean, in my experience anyway, is a lot easier to get that full. Because silver beet's a biennial as well. So you got that two year. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. So did I mention that? Surely I did. I mean, it was so long ago. You probably did, but... Hopefully. Well, if I didn't, guys, here you go. Um, So that one I find is quite easy to get two years out of. Yeah. So go for that. Unless you want to make kale chips. Unless you want to make kale chips. (laughs) It's so niche. But so delicious. (laughs) So So delicious. So as far as the squeezy juice matrix goes, mm, wow. Wooden spoon. Oh. No. Maybe it's a a quick win and feeling because it doesn't seem like it's a whole lot of work no, or effort. I don't think so. you are I mean I like that it goes in now which is something that we're going to talk about in mm. terms of like what I mean plan. stay tuned for next week's episode mm. but you know it's something that might take up space for two years I don't know it seems really deeply easy to grow but then the outcome I'm not a lover so you just said wooden spoon I'm gonna <laughs> okay no, I think it's about... a quick win, quick win and fill in I think it's a quick win and fill in okay 
I actually am going to go best on ground. Of course you are. No, I am. <laughs> okay, hear me out. One, we've got excellent space to harvest ratio. True. And I did like the microgreens chat. Exactly. So that's very important for one. Two, it's a winter harvest, which. Yes. Yep, yep, you yep. Know, that not is as much good. going yeah. on in the garden. Three, it can be harvested continually whenever you want it to be. Another very plus. true. There is a benefit. There is a benefit. There's a lot of different varieties that are quite easily accessible from seedling, which I know for a lot of listeners, they're seedling growers. So that's exciting. It's so nutritious. I mean, I don't bother. Like I think everything you've ever grown is going to be so nutritious. So I don't really talk. We don't talk about it much on the podcast, but kale is particularly nutritious. (laughs) So we've got that benefit. But I suppose at the end of the day, if you don't actually like eating it, then what's the point? But I'm going best on ground. Rooting for You is hosted by Elise and Tess, artwork by Lauren Janine. You can find us on Instagram at Rooting for You Pod or email rootingforyou at eliseAlexandra.com. And remember, we are rooting for you.